0: hello and welcome to the sunset series my name is nathan malol and this is today's podcast so upon the last podcast the first one that i made my god i did not expect such support i was like what really for me you guys are sweet you guys are sweet like sugar so today 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 what are we going to be talking about today we are going to discuss the theme of social media, and social media is a prevalent issue, it's a prominent issue, and it's also it's a blessing and a curse, I feel. It has benefits and it has drawbacks, and those drawbacks can be quite, you know, detrimental. So we want, we want to discuss it, we want to see what's going on in the world of social media and how it affects the, young, the younger generation primarily so um i've split it into like bite-sized chunks so students (laughs) students and social media uh dating apps connectivity and online relationships how we are forming them and mental health so those are the four areas that i'm going to cover in today's podcast so let's get into it all right so i was I was thinking about it. I was when I was planning this podcast, uh, I was I was thinking, how does students and social media correlate? How do they go together? So I was thinking, I was thinking, and I was trying to put myself in that position. Because myself I've been caught red-handed plenty of times. I can't say like I've always been the perfect student, I'm a model student, I'm a role model, whatever, all of that stuff, but I now I'm in a good I'm in a good rhythm I'm in a good state of mind where I know exactly what I want who I want how I want etc etc I know my rhythm I know my flow and I know the purpose of what I'm doing and why I'm studying but for other students I've noticed I've noticed the same kind of things that they say and one of those things is that it use social media uses up hours that you won't get back. That's one thing you have to take into account, it it uses up hours you will not get back. As much as you think those hours are an investment in some way, shape or form, I disagree. I think you are convincing yourself that those hours are an investment, or those minutes of your time spent on some social media platform is perhaps making you smarter or better or more knowledgeable in some way, shape or form, but really is it, are you sure? Or are you convincing yourself that it is to make yourself feel better for the fact that you just spent an hour on TikTok when you should have spent an hour working towards your dreams and towards your goals? <laughs> I'd invite you to consider that. Um, one thing I, I usually I hear a lot is, I'm catching up on work. now. Yes, that's great. That's all well and good. You're catching up on work, and perhaps there are legitimate reasons. And there are sometimes, like, you have to go to an appointment or you have to, um, I don't know, pick up your brother from school if you're a lone guardian or something like that. And there is a legitimate reason as to why you can't attend the classes and you have to catch up. That's all well and good. That's fair enough. Um, Respect and hope your brother got home safely. Uh, (laughs) But. What I tend to see is when people say I'm catching up on work, it tends to be because they get distracted. You get distracted by TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, VK, Pinterest, so many things. And that results in you saying I'm catching up on work. Why are you catching up? Your time is a conscious choice and it's a conscious investment into your goals, into your dreams, into your future. So instead of saying I'm catching up on work, manage your screen time, manage what you're doing, manage your workflow, manage your time commitments. Where is your time going to? Sit down and reevaluate that, because often when that time goes towards something that is unnecessary and unbeneficial, yeah, is that a word? I don't know, whatever, it's a word now. I've invented it, Uh, (laughs) let's just go with it. It's unbeneficial to your time and it's unbeneficial to your learning and your growth as a student. So what is staying on TikTok for an extra half an hour gonna do to you? Unless it's a break that you're taking from your work and then you spend a couple of minutes on TikTok and then you get back to it. That's the most important part, you get back to it. You make sure that there is a rhythm, that there is a engaging flow in which you are providing some sort of break that is essentially going to benefit you in the long run that is not going to be detrimental but it's going to be beneficial and you can get back to what you're doing at a steady pace because that's not what happens nowadays. What happens is students just spend way too long on social media and then they wonder why they're catching up on work when they could be ahead. So that's one thing that I've noticed. Um, And if you are that person, then I encourage you to think about your screen time, your management of your time, your investment of your time. Where is your time going? Is it going to necessary things that are going to benefit you in the long run? Are they going to make you achieve your goals? Are they going to enhance your values to better your morals? Are they going to do that or not? I'd invite you to consider that. Uh, There is also the physical aspect, so lacking motivation to get out, go to the gym, etc. because you're spending all your time on your phone, all your time on social media, and that results in you being a couch potato. And I, as I said, I've been caught red-handed. I've been in plenty of those situations where I'm like, okay, I can't be bothered, I'm just going to keep scrolling and scrolling and hope that this passes the time and then I won't feel so bad when I look back on it. But in retrospect, it actually makes you feel worse because you realize what you're doing eventually. Eventually you have a reality check, some sort of synapse in your brain that says, okay, what a, what, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> what am I doing with my time? Um, is this beneficial for me? Is this going to make me a better person? Is this going to widen my scope of life, of learning. Am I learning anything by being on social media right now or am, I, or am I just stalking my crush and Whatever you guys do when you stalk your crush. I don't know. I don't want to know that's for you to think about and do whatever but physical limit your screen time is what I'd suggest limit what you're doing have your have your goals and have your visions clear So if you know that you need to do something such as going out, going shopping, like grocery shopping or something like that, or if you need some clothes, then you have to go out and you have to buy them. Or if you need to go to the gym, for example, you know you need to do these things. So it's essentially like conditioning your mind, conditioning your brain to think in a certain way because that's how it works. So there is also the physical aspect that is very important here. And not making excuses is something that i think should also be addressed as it's quite a prominent issue i find among the younger generation we're a very excusey excusey generation finding excuses for every little thing and i think that is just going to be harmful and toxic in the long run however there is also a positive Um, There are also positives. I mean, sorry, not a positive. There are also positives uh, because I like to think of both sides of the story. So social media can result in political campaigns, student campaigns, such as recently at my university, I go to the University of Essex, and at my university there was recently a political uh, campaign for a student's union. And also there was a campaign to decrease tuition fees and decreasing rent. So I interviewed the person who made uh, the tuition, the, I think, tuition fee loans um, to decrease them. And that interview was amazing. And I wouldn't have been able to secure that interview if it wasn't for social media that put me in contact with that person so quickly. And it's amazing because you can connect with people so easily and so quickly. So those campaigns, those petitions, they are all online. Firstly, as you know, and they can get the attention of a government so quickly and so immediately. It's so fast paced and that is uh, that is incredible because we compare that to 30 years ago when you had to make or 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, when you had to make tuition fee. Oh, God. Sorry. I'm mixing up my words. Um, when you had to make petitions and campaigns and you had to actually go physically to do that. And people still do but now we have the option to do it through social media and get signatures online it makes things so much easier and it's incredible because then you can actually affect social change and you're no longer just a simple atom within the atmosphere you are an actual person making a change and you have the power to do that which is absolutely incredible there are also more learning tools available which is incredible i find and for students that is amazing because well, the more learning tools you have at your disposal, then how can that be a bad thing? Like, If you've got more learning tools, then that's just incredible. You've got nothing to complain about. You've got flashcards, Quizlet, um, the platform Quizlet, the website, you have your university websites, which have loads of learning materials. You can just do a simple Google search through social media and find so many learning tools that are available. So there is no such thing as saying, Oh, I've done all my work, I feel like I have nothing to do. No, wrong. You do have something to do. You always have something to do. It's, it's as simple as a Google search. The thing is, again, it relates back to that the, the idea of making excuses. The younger generation make excuses. Like, uh, there's nothing to do. Yes, there is. Hone in your style. What is your current style? What is your essay writing style? What is your reading like? Are there any books you could read to widen your scope, to widen your knowledge on a certain subject? Can you, do more, can you do more research on a particular subject in your chosen field of study? There are so many things you can do, and there are so many learning tools available, which is why social media can in fact be a blessing rather than a curse. So in fact it is a godsend, and it's absolutely incredible, so love that. Thanks Quizlet. I remember Quizlet. Oh my god. I don't use it now, but when I was in high school, uh, secondary school, high school for the, you know, American viewers, um, (laughs) listeners, I, I, oh my God, I milked Quizlet. I milked that website. My God, flashcards and like finish off sentences when you didn't like, you know, when you had to fill in the blanks and stuff like that. Quizlet, my God, did anyone else use Quizlet or is that just me? I can't be the only one. Quizlet was a gem. That is the reason why I had good grades, because Quizlet <laughs> and learning, but studying as well. Anyway, there is also the social aspect of it, which is highly, highly beneficial for students because you are. it is much, much easier to make friends. You are so able to connect with people in an instant rather than having to wait, because 30, 40 years ago. The way you would make friends is in person you didn't have iphones you had nokia bricks like you had you had some brick phones remember that remember those brick phones that like people had actually i don't even know if they had them um people had dial phones as well like that was the way people connected dial phones you didn't have the accessibility of what we have now and so the only way you was able to connect was through actually going in person to meet someone and say, hi, how are you? My name is whatever your name is. And say like, I think you're cool. I'd like to be friends. Uh, Let's hang out, let's grab a coffee, whatever it is. and, And then you just go about it. See, me as an old fashioned romantic, hopeless romantic, you could say, I love that. I love the idea of going in person and meeting someone in person rather than having to connect with them through social media and going through the whole texting stage, which is again one thing that I hate. I hate texting. If people know that if they want to reach me, they call me. That is just my way of doing it because I'm very old-fashioned. I don't like text. Um, I see text as a last resort. So, but for the younger generation now, they are keyboard warriors. They stick behind a screen, and I'm going to get onto that uh, soon after in date in the dating apps section. But the idea that it's much, much easier to make friends is in fact a godsend because it decreases loneliness, it decreases symptoms of depression or anxiety or dissociation disorder, you know, it helps you to connect and I encourage that. If you are someone that feels like you are quite lonely sometimes and you don't really have many people to talk to, then in fact, social media, I would encourage you to use that because then it can be a force for good rather than a force for evil as it can lead to incredible and beautiful connections that you could only imagine making 40 years ago. And now, they're at the tip of your, at the tip of your fingers, on your fingertips, however you want to describe it. Yada yada, potato, potato. <laughs> right. Um, however, there is also, I think, the most prominent issue that we need to discuss and this is a not even a generational thing this is something that is negatively increasing and extremely harmful people do not realize the gravity of their words the topic is cyberbullying so an ofcom i was researching this um, ofcom the broadcasting organization that I'm learning about because I'm a journalism student. Um, The Ofcom survey in 2017 found that only half of parents with kids aged 5 to 15 use parental controls. That is mad. Mad. Half of parents with kids aged 5 to 15. Do you know how impressionable kids are? If you are a parent listening to this and you do not have your parental controls on for kids 5 to 15, I would encourage, highly encourage you to question what you are doing because those kids are extremely impressionable and if you allow them to navigate the world of social media without any kind of moderation or regulation then you are setting them up for possibly quite dark things. They, the, the accessibility, the ease in which you can access things nowadays Like, for example, if a kid who's going through puberty eventually realizes, you know, what certain parts of their body does, they eventually find porn. And then it's as easy as that. They just type in porn on Google and then they're like, oh, right, okay, let's yeah, let's watch this. Let's go on. Let's go on it. And then that could lead to addiction. But that's on you as a parent because you do not have those parental controls on. You do not have the restrictions enabled. And so you allow your child to navigate this world and to see these things. And then you question why they act out or why they have a certain problem or issue with something that is re- that is directly related to their consummation of social media content, which is directly linked to your failure as a parent to regulate that content. To make sure that your child does not access these things, so that is mad. I was thinking like, wow, my god, half of parents. So those half that have regulated the content, good on them. That is great. But the other half, not so good. <laughs> Definitely not so good. And it makes me question as to why, um, why, why you don't regulate that content. Never mind that. Your child can engage in unwanted sexual acts, and that can that goes for people for like from like sixteen onwards, seventeen onwards. When you start liking guys and you find guys hot and guys find girls hot and all that stuff, and then you just engage in like sexting and all that stuff, you engage. You can engage in unwanted sexual acts. And there was a BBC story recently um, that basically found out that how on Omegle, Omegle however you want to call that website. You know you know that website where you just chat to people online uh, through a webcam video or even text? Uh, but most people chat through webcam and it's you find people on there like eight years old, nine years old, ten years old and people on there are doing some mad things. Some bookey people on there. Seriously, these guys are bookey. My God. It's crazy. Honestly, it's insane because the stuff I have I saw on that story is, like, kids who are 12, 13, they're stripping naked. And there's, like, some old pedo man on there just being like, yeah, go on, do this, do that, do this for me. And he's got his, you know, thing out. And the way you can get coerced so easily through social media is harrowing. It is harrowing. So, that goes hand in hand with the idea of regulating content as a parent. Make sure those things are regulated, or even if it's on you, make sure your own content is regulated so that you do not fall for that trap because that is only a downward spiral. Then there's the idea of news. News is like, news is your own choice. If you want to do it, I wouldn't, I don't know, I don't know really. It's a grey area. Like. I won't sit here and say I'm a perfect person. I've I've done it, the next person has done it, Like, but would I suggest doing it? No, I'd suggest being a private person and keeping that to yourself and doing it in person, letting the other person who you're doing it with, let them see you in person. Firstly, that builds mystery, that builds excitement, that builds intrigue, because when you reveal yourself, you're like, oh, okay, well, I've seen you naked now, so all right, fair enough. Um, so how's your day? <laughs> and then, and then what? Like you see them naked. All right, cool. That that's it. That's the end goal. That's what you're. That's what you're there for in that sexting conversation. You want to see them naked, and then eventually you do it, and you're like, all right, oh, sweet. So what's for dinner? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or am I just being silly? I don't know, but um, that's my view on it. And there is also the idea of threats and and singling people out for posting alternative content so if you are a person who chooses to post alternative content content that's different from everyone and people don't like that because yes there is always going to be haters and there's going to be people that will degrade you and berate you for what you do so are you going to change that or are you not I think it comes from a place of being headstrong but also from a place of being cyberbullied because I have myself and I know how that feels, and it is one of the most mentally distressing feelings I, I ever felt, so it is horrible. And if you are a person who does that, then I ask you to question yourself, what are you gaining from this? What are you gaining from bullying someone? What satisfaction does that give you? Because to be honest with you, it just makes you an absolute dick. Like, it just makes you a horrible nasty person and it shows your true colors and values as a person you do not have any sense of integrity and value if you choose to take time out of your own day to try and degrade someone else and make them feel worse for what they do and who they are that just makes you a bully and it makes you your own monster that well that's on you to get out of being yourself so that's on you and to i think close that the idea that um steps you could take set rules for yourself reward yourself kind of with uh, your with use of social media after doing something productive say to yourself like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna work two hours and then i'm gonna have a 30 minute social media break and it's like a treat and that could be good i think that could be good because i personally work in very sporadic times so i do 40, 30, 45 minutes of really intense work and then I take a break for 10 minutes and then I, I go again 30 to 45 minutes of intensive work and then I take a break. That's my way of working. And everyone has their own way, but that's why I say set rules for yourself. Engage in, in the acts of intensive work and constant constant um, what's it called Produ- uh, productivity. Make sure that there's a rhythm and a flow that allows you to engage with what you're doing so that you do not fall behind or you do not end up catching up on work, remember? Because that's often what happens. You work for half an hour, 40 minutes. You say, all right, I'm going to take a little break. That 10 minutes turns into 25, which turns into 50, which turns into two hours. And then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I just wasted all that time. Well, you did that that's on you so it's silly to blame anyone else when you are the person to blame take the responsibility learn from it set good rules set a schedule for yourself and instead of complaining and berating yourself for what you're doing I think it's important to not be so harsh on yourself but also take lessons from it and take lessons from your downfalls your pitfalls and what you're doing wrong and then eventually turn that into something that is beneficial and going to help you in the long run. So, that is students and social media. Okay, uh, where are we at? 24 minutes. Okay, um, so dating apps. So, all right, dating apps, dating apps. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, all right, so everything is behind a screen. Let's get this straight everything is behind a screen. I have my own opinion. Now bear in mind, nothing of what I say is instructional, it's not to say to you this is how you should do it, this is how, uh, this is what you need to do, this is what I instruct you to do and force you to do, no. This is just my opinion and this is just how I feel and what I see. I am integrally, how how many words am I making up in this podcast, like (laughs) how many words am I making up, this is incredible. I think my honest opinion as a person who holds honesty as an integral value within them, I am always honest no matter what, and I think that since everything is behind a screen, it leads to shows of confidence among the, young, among the younger generation, it leads to a lot of fake personalities, and those shows of confidence, like you can be like, you know when you're sexting a girl on uh, or guy on Tinder or on or Bumble, or Plenty of Fish, or whatever dating app you use, and you know how the conversations go, and um, I won't detail it because regulation, um, respect, <laughs> but you know how those conversations go when they get really heated and really sexual and stuff like that, and then when you're in when you're with that person when you're with that person in person, you're like. Hey, so um like what's going on what's that what's going on why are you being so confident over text like if you are going to portray yourself one way over text portray yourself that way in person Do i i hate fakery fakery is so prominent and it's easy to root out the more i've seen it the more easier it has become for me to spot it and bring it up and i will ask people like are you the same in person as you are on text and the common answer is like yeah yeah of course i am of course i am like <laughs> i'm so similar i'm like i am identical obviously i don't i don't fake well yeah you do cuz i see it and it's there it's clear it's i'm not a fool i'm not stupid i see I see what it's like. I have my fair share of dating experience and I have my fair share of talking to girls and seeing what it's like and how they come across but I think that's also because you are stuck behind a screen and it's so easy because you, no one's watching you. You may not have a face full of makeup to make yourself look all pretty and you know validated in your own skin and stuff like that. And then you don't feel like you have to impress anyone so you can just be a confident behind-the-screen version of yourself, you create this identity that perhaps might be not real. So I encourage you I encourage you to think about if you are the same person, do you have a pattern? Are you the same as you are on text, as you are in person? If not, why? Why portray yourself in a fake way? What's, what's, the, what's the correlation there? Because that doesn't... I don't think that makes connections, I think that sets people apart. Eventually when you realize that and you meet them in person, you're like, well you're different, (laughs) this is different, this is not who I met, and it's mad because you're like, well I liked who you are on text, Like, that's the person I grew to like, that's the person I got to know, and then maybe it takes some time for you to warm up, maybe that's what it is, and maybe I'm just too cynical, but whatever it is, yes you can take time to warm up, I just think it's important to maintain that same personality and that same identity, instead of changing it to suit yourself behind a screen. Um, However, benefit, positive. It can create millions more relationships just because of dating apps. There are millions of people on dating apps, and that encourages the potential to make so many more relationships. So That is absolutely incredible. And you can also get to know someone before you meet them, which is, again, a blessing. It's amazing. You get to know someone on such a deep level um, on text that you wouldn't have the you wouldn't have had the ability to do 40 years ago when iPhones were not a thing and FaceTime was not a thing and Skype and you know Zoom nowadays. Oh, Zoom! Zoom can piss off. Zoom is so not right. Okay, this is another subject. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go on a tangent there, but. Yeah, you students who know what I'm talking about, Zoom, Zoom lecture... Nah, stop it. Respect me, please, I beg. Do not... No, 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 no. Okay, anyway. Uh, You can get to know someone so well and so deeply and intensely that it feels incredible. It's just something that's just amazing. It's mostly important for the younger generation who are scared to take a leap, I think, because I I think that... Um, Currently, as it stands, the younger generation is quite a sensitive generation, and I mean my generation uh, also have been described as, you know, the the snowflake generation, the Gen Z millennials who take everything to heart and say, oh my god, you can't say this because of this, you can't do that because of that, etc., like, chill, chill, Karen, chill, like, it's not that deep, it's really not. So. Why? Why make a complex situation out of something that is actually relatively quite simple? Me as a person, I do not like the idea of dating apps. I would not. Um, actually, no, no, no. I was going to say I wouldn't recommend it. I, I can't really say that to be honest. Um, I would. I just have my own idea being again being a hopeless old-fashioned romantic I love the idea of the old-fashioned method that's why I ask to get to know people in person it like off the bat I'm like so let's have dinner and let's get to know each other and people are like um can we like text for a bit first etc I'm like well I don't text if you wanna talk to me call me FaceTime me and let's talk properly as adults over over video, and let's create a connection, because text is not it. Like, no, I don't build connections over text. Again, this is me, my subjective opinion. I just don't like it, and I think that it is quite fake. And yes, it does have some level of comfort associated with it, but that does not um, it does not bide well or bode well in the long run, because you can't stay on text forever. Eventually, you're going to have to meet a person. So why is FaceTime such a big step? I think that's something that I think the younger generation should consider. If you're a person who says, well, "Well, let's text before we get to you know FaceTime," which is quite a big step, why? Why is it such a big step? It's not. You're going to meet me eventually. You're going to see me eventually. So what's the point? I think it's a big step because it's a mask for people, for people's insecurities and for people's um, lack of perhaps emotional intelligence or social interaction, and you cannot understand that text is not a viable long-term solution for getting to know someone, so eventually I think it's important to consider the fact that yes there are going to be people who take a quick step and ask you to FaceTime or ask you to meet up and get to know them in person. That doesn't mean they have any intentions, it doesn't mean that it says anything about them or or dictates what they want from you, it just means that they want to get to know you, because they are a physical person and they encourage physical interaction. So that's the type of people they want around them. That's what I think. Um, and I was also, I was talking to my friend Jamie, who is dubbed as The Relationship Expert, and she is on Instagram as well. You can look her up. Um, her Instagram is The Relationship Expert, and expert is spelled with the letter X instead of the normal spelling of expert. So, at The Relationship Expert, um, look her up. And she's also got her website, therelationshipexpert.com. So, go check, the, go check her out. She is absolutely incredible. I've already done an interview with her for my blog, and she gave some really insightful comments. So, she is absolutely incredible. Um, Jamie, if you're listening, love ya. Uh, <laughs> so, I was talking to her, and I was trying to get her opinion on dating apps. Seeing as she's a relationship coach and a relationship expert, I wanted to know what she thought. So she said that people need to be more in touch with their intuition. They don't recognize the red flags, and that's how they get themselves in negative situations. I think that is absolutely true. People don't recognize red flags because they wear rose-colored glasses too often. I think that's it. I think they don't recognize the red flags because they wear rose-colored glasses and that can easily be maintained and managed because you make a conscious choice to ignore those red flags you know exactly what you deserve and you know exactly who you are and if you don't i encourage you to go on a journey to find that because then you'll be able to root out people's intentions people's methods people's red flags and that becomes so much easier for you because then you realize how to spot a boy from a man and you realize what True negative intentions actually mean and how they come across because they can easily be subdued and they can easily be hidden. That's why guys are very sneaky and why girls don't trust so many guys and lead to questioning instead of appreciating when they compliment. So, recognizing the red flags is a big, big factor to consider. And it also, she also mentioned, it doesn't matter how you meet your person, it matters that you meet your person. Again, relating to my point. I was like, girl, this is it. I'm like, yeah, that's the one. She agrees, she knows, she vibe, we on that level, you know what I mean? I'm like, yes, all right, that's it. So that's exactly what I was talking about. It doesn't matter that how you meet your person, whether it's social media or not, it matters that you meet them. Because eventually you're just happy that you met them and you don't care how, whether it's social media or whether it's real life. It just matters that you met that person. So get off text, (laughs) get off text, stay on text for a little bit. Like in the beginning, you know, like you have to get on text. You have to get to know them a little bit, small talk, all that stuff. Joy, 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 live, laugh, love. And then you meet them, hang out with them, have dinner, go for a coffee, go for a walk in the park, climb a mountain. (laughs) do something just meet them in person that's where you really understand your chemistry or disconnect again subjective so thank you jamie as well for contributing that really means a lot love you lots um next 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 i think connectivity and online relationships online relationships i do not mean boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean relationships as in the relationships that you form. So, let's think about it, right? Connectivity. How easily do you connect with people? Now let's throw it back. 1980s, 1970s what do you have? Dial phones, mail, telegram, do you even have telegram? I don't know, but whatever. Mail and email. What do you have now? Mail, email, phones, laptop, iPads, tablets. You have various ways to connect, and that is absolutely incredible. And to be honest, in this in this um, topic, I have only listed positives because I think that it is quite a positive thing. It's so beautiful to know and see how far we've come with technology and social media. The fact that if back in back in the day, what did you have? You had um, MSN. Do you remember MSN? Oh my god <laughs> MSN, you know. That's mad. You come home, you start texting your friends on MSN. Boy that teacher. Woo <laughs> My God. Those were the days. MSN, you know. Incredible times. But Anyway, so now we've come so far, and we can connect with people in such a hot second that it's just oh, it's a blessing. I love it. You can connect with anyone, anywhere, instantly. You can contact your friend in China, and the message will send quicker than you can boil rice. Like it is ah, oh, it's it's incredible. I love it. You can just. I can connect with my family in Uzbekistan, I can connect with my family in Israel, and it's, it's incredible because then you can just, you can see the people that you've missed for such a long time, especially with lockdown and this virus, um, F this virus by the way, uh, yeah I know I got support on that one, but anyway, and I think it's, it's so beneficial and it's such a beautiful concept that was made and whoever invented it let me be your servant for the rest of your life. Joking, I would never do that. Um... (laughs) Right. It can also be very important socially because you can disseminate quick public health messages or instant breaking news comes on your phone extremely quickly and that took a while back in the day because it did not come very quickly and you had to wait for broadcast news and you had to wait for television uh, bulletins to understand what was going on in the world. But now, just open your laptop, open your phone, type in BBC News, and there you go. Off you go. If you're a BBC critic, don't come at me, alright? Whatever website you use is whatever website you use, but I'm just making a point here, alright? Chill, Karen. Anyway, so it's, it's very important, and I think that it is highly beneficial for society. Can someone make a beneficial word counter, please? I feel like I'm saying this word a lot. Um, so please make a word count if you decide <laughs> to do that. I think <laughs> I should be fined. Charge me a quid for every time I say beneficial. Um, there you go, another one. So it's incredible because you get that instant breaking news on your phone and you do not have to wait. You are informed, you are educated, you are essentially fed that information that is incredible because you wouldn't know that otherwise would you you wouldn't have to wait you wouldn't have to be connected to some platform and wait for a particular time for a particular bulletin to be broadcast so amazing and yeah yeah let's yeah connectivity and online uh, online bonding i think it's it's incredible because you bond with people so easily you just have so many relationships to form at your fingertips and you choose to make them whenever you want with whoever you want. You don't even have to have a pen pal anymore. You can literally write to people online, you can FaceTime someone, and at any point you want and be connected with them and have a real-time conversation, hear their voice, although FaceTime does distort your voice a little bit, but anyway, you hear their voice and I love that. I really love that. And I think that is something I am extremely grateful for and will be eternally grateful and it should not be used and abused. Okay now let's let's finish on the mental health uh, section. So, okay um, where should I start? I think making it relatable is a very important aspect here and me as a person, I have definitely felt my fair share of mental health related issues and mental uh, downfalls and pitfalls, and you know, related to social media. It's it's very common among the younger generation because we are, in fact, so connected but also so disconnected at the same time because we lack the ability of social interaction. We, we have lost the ability to communicate as humans because we are so invested in our phones and invested in social media that we rely on social media to increase our contact with each other instead of actually taking the time to have genuine human interaction with a member of the same gender or opposite gender and make that worthwhile, make that meaningful, make that mean something. So I think eventually the younger generation we tend to question that and we tend to say okay why is this not working, why am I not able to have conversations and you, you narrow it down to your mental health issues because social media negatively influences that. So I think an important, uh, an important thing to start with is things you could have. So there are things like dissociation, depression, low self-esteem anxiety social anxiety uh, body confidence issues there was a i was i was looking this up actually and i was very interested to find out more statistics in terms of how younger generation the younger generation uh, utilize social media whether it's a blessing or a curse or has advantages and disadvantages i was trying to make a more formulated and well-rounded opinion so i found that in a survey conducted by the mental health foundation it said that almost one-third, which was approximately uh, 31% of teens from a survey, I think uh, I can't remember how many teens it was, it was like 400 or something, or something along those lines, I don't know I can't remember the amount, anyway, it was from a survey of a certain amount of teens one-third of them said that they felt ashamed and this this is um, about body confidence issues by the way I said they felt ashamed and four in ten teens, four out of ten, have said their images on social media have caused them to worry about their image. That is a very worrying statistic and I think it's something that should be, should be discussed and hence is why I'm going to discuss it because it is something that I have felt and it's something that my peers have felt as well as people who are older than me and especially younger than me because the younger you are the more impressionable you are especially if you do not know your identity and you don't know your values and your morals, then you are easily impressionable and susceptible to what you see and consume on social media. That is where it becomes a very dark space and where people fall and they have these issues because that's all they are fed. So it relates to you following people who have absolutely like model of excellence bodies, that are simply unattainable. So uh, it can be for guys a massive dude with big arms and a chiseled six-pack that looks like a cobbled street and piercing blue eyes with luscious blonde hair or something like that. Like I'm just I'm just quoting what I think would be the ideal, you know, stereotype. And maybe it's outdated, but whatever. You know what I mean. And for girls, slim waist thighs, big bum, big boobs, like uh, toned not too, not too fat not too slim etc you know and the younger generation we follow accounts on social media especially Instagram which is one of the most um, utilized social media platforms after YouTube and since it is one of the most utilized platforms that is quite scary. In fact, because then you start to follow these people who have these unattainable bodies, and you you compare yourself to them, and so your mental health deteriorates with the amount of the with the amount of um, comparing that you do to these people. And I would encourage you to unfollow these accounts. I would encourage you to fall in love with yourself, as I am doing. Since I am on my own uh, self love journey, I found that the more I've learned to appreciate my uh, my stretch marks and my scars and wounds, and whether that is physical or mental, it is more so about embracing who you are and what you've been through, as opposed to living vicariously through someone that you will never be. Damn, that sounded poetic, <laughs> but yeah, and it is. I think it's very important to consider that, and in terms of this. Is it, I would, invite, I would invite you to consider this isn't something that I'm slating anyone for. I'm not slating in any way, shape or form. I'm simply asking a question to you. When you post something, is it body confidence or body validation? Since everything is about likes, comments, shares, thirst traps, especially on TikTok, my God, the amount of thirst, you know, the silhouette challenge that everyone's doing with these little cute red lights and all that stuff. Is this body confidence or is this just a thirst trap to validate your body? Are you looking for compliments? Are you looking for people to say, oh my God, you're so fit. Oh my God, you're so sexy. Or are you truly doing that because you love the skin you're in and you want to promote the confidence that you have in it and the fact that you are essentially encouraging people to do the same and, and show off their bodies because they are so confident in it and i don't think that's a bad thing at all i think that is absolutely incredible and i am on the same wavelength as that i admire body confidence so much see as a as a person who is increasing it day by day i think it's so beautiful and inspiring to see other members of the young generation doing the same and not and deterring themselves away from the concept of body validation the moment you start the, the moment you stop giving shit about likes, comments, shares, all that stuff, you start to actually fall in love with the image and the way you look, rather than Sam or Jack, who's complimented you on your body, and you're like, oh yeah, this is what I need to make myself feel better. It's they, There is also benefits. So with mental health, there is absolutely incredible benefits, like magnificent benefits. It's so easy to find therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, if you need professional help. It's not like you have to look in the yellow pages and be like, all right, I need a directory of my local therapist. I need to find where they are. And, you know, everything is just so easily accessible. And it's absolutely brilliant because the fact that everything is so easy to find means that we can actually do a lot of things to combat mental health amongst the younger generation and we can promote Um, places like Samaritans or Mind which is their mental health charity and we can promote NHS numbers that we that we might need Um, I don't don't quote me here but I think it's 111 or something like that if you need emergency help there's a number that you call I don't know what it is is 111 police I don't know Um, sorry as I said don't quote me on that but I should have probably looked that up before I suggested it (laughs) I'm sorry but Nonetheless there is a number that you can call and it's the fact that the principle is that you can access such information vital information especially if you're a person who's perhaps having dark thoughts or uh, suicidal thoughts it's so easy to reach out and call people to get help and you can do that through social media social media has now enabled video call um, functions and voice call functions it's, there are so many ways to get in contact and there's so many ways to benefit you as a human and get you out of those places because absolutely no one deserves to be in them I've been in that place myself and that is something that I'd like to discuss um, in one of my future podcasts I think that is that it's a extremely, extremely important issue to address and it's something that needs to be given a voice the idea of being in a very dark place and I think I'd like to make a podcast on that, so please let me know if um, you would like that. So, point is, yes, it is. There, there does with social media comes a lot of negatives, but also it harnesses a lot of positives and can help you out when you need it and where you need it. So, I've I've seen that. To conclude on um, to conclude on this, I wanted to say this. There's a there's a study, there's a study that was published a while ago. Um, I can't remember who by, and I didn't include the link, stupidly of me, um, to where I found this study. However, it's also something that you just notice by eye, and what it is is the longer the longer you spend on social media, the higher your chances of having symptoms of depression, anxiety, and other mental health-related issues. The, the study found that the higher the, the higher your screen time, the easier it is for adolescents to feel depressed or anxious. And while you may think that is common sense, like, yeah, of course, like, ugh, you know, the longer you spend, the more, the more depressed you feel. Like, yeah, I know that already. Like, come on, tell me something I don't know. Like, all right, all right, chill. But what I'm saying is it's something that it may seem so like stupidly common sense but it's something that's because it's so easily overlooked it's something that, that, that doesn't get acknowledged and then teens wonder why they feel so depressed or why they feel so anxious so I would encourage you to essentially harness that and say okay what am I doing? Why, where am I spending all my time? where is all my attention going? What apps am I using the most and what am I doing on those apps? Are they benefiting me in some way, shape or form? Instead of watching a stupid video on YouTube about your favorite celebrity's life, you could be watching a video on learning how to meditate or you could be widening your knowledge on a particular subject. You could be engaging in a new conspiracy theory perhaps that you could bring up in a conversation with someone and then expand on that and have a perfectly intelligible conversation with someone that eventually widens your knowledge and increases your scope of what happens in the world. There are so many things you could do that that I think would benefit your mental health and not to mention like easy things like working out or um, eating good, drinking water, you know, those common sense things you should do to just maintain a good sense of general hygiene and look after yourself but mental health because mental will always outweigh physical no matter what if you have a bad mental your physical will fall your physical will crumble you need to believe that you can lift a weight in order to lift it you need to believe that you can run a marathon in order to run it you need to believe that you can climb a mountain in order to climb it you know so the longer you spend on these apps, that's okay if you spend time on the apps. I would suggest limiting it, such as you know making it a treat or making it something that's regulated or moderated by yourself or by people around you. Get an, get a subject, uh, an objective opinion from someone and perhaps get them to make a schedule for you if you trust them. But what I think is important is I would, consider, I, would, I would invite you to consider on these apps that you spend your time, are you spending it on things that are going to be productive and morally, mentally, physically and emotionally beneficial for you? I would encourage you to filter and harness your content that you are consuming in order to make you a better and more knowledgeable person which in turn influences your values and humbles and roots your morals. There we go. And that, my friends, is the wind-up in the pitch. So there we go. Those are all my views on social media and I hope that it benefits or gives you a more a deeper insight into some of the topics that i've addressed today i am not sure what my next podcast is going to be about i'm going to plan it i'm going to see but i would also love if you guys could suggest things that you'd like me to talk about or you'd like me to discuss that would be absolutely incredible and i look forward to making the next one this has been me nathan Malool, on the sunset series And I will see you guys shortly. Peace.